This episode is brought to you by St. Poncho. St. Poncho is a collaborative effort by myself and my mother. She hand pours these candles right here in Bosque Farms, New Mexico. You can pick one up in the online shop, and when you do, you're helping to support this show. Thank you very much. Let's get into the show. All right, episode two, here we go. I wanted to start these off with um, a show and tell. I think this is kind of fun. I could show you some of the things that I really prize and kind of explain why I appreciate them. Today is the hat. I, I've wore this the last episode. Um, we sell them in the online shop at chadbarilla.com, um, but it's, it's our common trading post hat. Highway 66 Trading Company. It's modeled after my uncle. He had an old uh, Vietnam hat. Um, can you pull that up? It was, uh, his name was a Walker Johnson, a real man. He was a skinny guy, but he was, he was a real, real cool dude. See that hat's right. Kind of model, his, his patch is quite a bit bigger. I should wear this on top of my hat. Um, <laughs> First mob. But yeah, he was, uh, he was in the Air Force during Vietnam. He would tell me about it every now and again. He's no longer with us. God rest his soul. But he, um, he was a good man. He was an ordained minister, funny enough. And he didn't really practice it. You know, like he didn't really. He, he offered to marry me and my wife, but we never sadly took him up on it. Um, big motorcycle guy. He loved to ride motorcycles. Big Harley Davidson dude. But, you know, as he got toward his older years, he couldn't ride anymore because he'd smoked too much cigarettes, too many cigarettes throughout his life. He, uh, he smoked since he was 12, and he had, like, two collapsed lungs. He used to live here in Albuquerque, but... And how long did he live? I want to say he lived to about 70. And now He's... gluten is taking out all my homies. What do you mean? But cigarettes. These oh, dudes yeah. lived like full, you know, know long, right? fulfilling lives. Especially a lot of these Vietnam guys had like Agent Orange, and I, they got, they lasted a lot longer than yeah. it seems like a lot of people. Well, you know, he did have two collapsed lungs, and so he couldn't really breathe. He, I think he was living on oxygen, uh, well, in his later years, but he, uh, he couldn't live in Albuquerque because of a high altitude. Oh, yeah. So he had to move to El Paso. And so I never really got to see him in his later years too, too much, sadly. I should have visited. He always offered to bring me over. It was one of the sad things when I'd heard of his passing. But um, I have so many good memories of that guy. He was a strong, strong man. In last episode, I, I kind of talked about rude people. He was rude. He was a very rude man. But he was so charming. He kind of taught me that you can be a rude person and be very charming. It, it's it's kind of like they're like, it's an oxymoron, but there's like this hyperbole that's humor you know it's funny enough i was listening to a video today it was called uh, it was on double speak it was on youtube it just like recommended to me but the idea of double speak there's different types of double speak and one of them is to essentially lighten the sound of words um when you when you say something it was an example they said um was uh sopranos uh i don't know the guy's name i never watched the show Tony Soprano is one of those guys. But he, but he was asked, hey, what do you do for a living? 
by a therapist or something. And, she, and he says, I'm a waste management consultant. And he, he said that was his way about saying, I'm a mobster, but in a nice way. Well, to bring that into the, the convo here, Walker was like, he was bold and he didn't hide his words behind cowardice, finely constructed, nice words, sentences, you know. He was just who he was, and I think that garnered a lot of trust from me, um, and I think from other people as well, and it was also just funny. I think when you don't play by the society's, nice, polite society's rules, you uh, there are a lot of people that can tolerate it, and they find you refreshing, and I found him very, very refreshing. He made a lot of racist jokes, but he had a tender heart, and he was not a racist guy. You know what I mean? Like... Totally. Just the type of people that, that, that don't, aren't afraid to be themselves. And he was. He was a strong Republican. In fact, I, one of the last memories I have, we went to Sadie's uh, restaurant here in Albuquerque, and he wore his white MAGA hat. <laughs> it was <laughs> no shame in his game at all. It's brave. Oh, yeah. He was a cool guy. Loved rock and roll. His son uh, played guitar, played in rock and roll bands in Germany. Um. I think he said that he smoked cigarettes since he was 12. Isn't that wild? So crazy. Different, different days. Sincere Heart, I remember watching uh, Armageddon with him. He was just sobbing on, on the couch. I think a lot of people, you know, have a hard time seeing the humanity in rude people. But they're, they're just like us, right? Just like us. I can be rude. <laughs> um, but anyways, that's kind of the story behind his hat. I just wanted to kind of make a hat that I could wear and honor him in it. So that's kind of fun. I miss you, Walker. Okay, last, last week I did a, um, a bit on uh, a bunch of trading post stuff that I found and, and, and some of the old dogs. And I came across this video a while back and... Uh, it's like this, you know, the old type documentaries like Boy Scouts, you know, it's like it, the, the style of this documentary is so awesome. But it's about the uh, trading post culture, how the relationship, say, between Native Americans or the other makers integrating into uh, the trading posts. Uh, let's check it out. Kind of talk during it. Yeah, I was explaining how, like, um, really, that's pawn shop culture. You talk about old, old pawn jewelry, and Once it still happens today. Of hunters and warriors, but now the poorest of the Southwest Indians, the Navajo people live in a barren and rocky reservation of 25,000 square miles. Most of the land is in Arizona and New Mexico. They are still a nomadic people, frequently moving from place to place on the vast reservation. Wherever their small herd of sheep and goats will find grazing land and be fairly near one of the scarce water holes or springs. Their herds one are of my great uncles, I think it was my great uncle, used to herd sheep in, up, in, their women make up near the foothills. Really? Generations ago, Wherever yeah. the Navajo decides to settle down for a period of time, he plants a little corn and builds a hogan of heavy pine logs with mud sealing the cracks. 
I don't know where this is, but kind of goes through all these different types of crafts. Like obviously they're weaving right here. The trading post is the Navajo's only. The trading post. Here's it's like the origin of the trading post. His best friend. Whether he wants to buy staple foods or sell his surplus sheep or get help for a sick member of his family, the trader will take care of his needs. The Navajos often use their silver belts and other jewelry instead of money if they run out of cash. This has been an accepted custom for many years. They used to do that right up the road back in the day. They used to just carry their, all their jewelry on them. Really? In fact, I think Gilo from last week told me the stories. They used to walk up and down Central with all their jewelry on them and sell it. Wow. Every Navajo trader has one. No matter how long the Navajo's jewelry stays in the pawn, there will be no interest charged against him, and it will never be sold. Sam B. Gay, a fine silversmith whose father is a medicine man, comes to the trader to buy scrap silver, which he will cast into conchos and bracelets. Scrap silver is cheaper and just as good for his needs. He and so they'll use scrap, and they'll do like tufa casting. Same way, and they'll make their own bars, the so they do it from absolute scratch. Sam knows of a place it's kind of how I do it, how I do it now. Some white sandstone, soft enough to be cut and used so sandstone or tufa. Tufa is just petrified ash. The right size, Sandstone's not as fine, so you don't get as much detail. The stone is good, and he returns to his. They literally just pick it up, like in Arizona. You just like drive on the road, and you it's say, just "Oh, on the ground." Mm -hmm. wow. They just pick it up. He first cuts one side of the stone. I have a video of me doing that on Instagram. The design is then drawn What's cool is, and it is hollowed out with I don't know if I could direct, uh, directly draw my heritage into this necessarily. Um, but it's, uh, the, the mestizos are the ones that actually taught the Nate Navajo how to work with silver before they were just using like sinew um, with turquoise. But to the integration of metal was kind of like uh, the, the, the Spanish speakers, Spanish culture taught them, because that came from Europe, taught them how to uh, work with silver, how to cast. And then the Navajo brought the turquoise and it was kind of like this meat in the middle. And obviously concho belts, concho belts, Spanish in origin, but a lot of the Mexicans used to adorn their horses with them. Pretty cool. But yeah, he's pouring, pouring bars, taking it outside, stamp them out. So cool. I love it still. But yeah, that's that. I always thought it was cool that everything has like a natural origin. Um, like pawn shops. They don't just always exist as they do today because nobody really visits too, too often pawn shops. But they were, they were like, especially in New Mexico, they were like the thing, man. That was how everybody made some cash. But man, they're closing down like, like wild. They don't even have good stuff anymore, you know? It's just all junk. Yeah, it's like junk collection now. Enough with the light stuff. Oh, we're going to jump in the deep no, end? No, it's super. But, you know, I, I talked about last week, I was talking about like Mark Driscoll. I was like, yeah, I love that guy. I, I talked about like uh, Church Hurt and... I, you know, I kind of had a little bit of an era with uh, Mars Hill. I have no hard feelings. Fully grateful for that season. Fully love and appreciate Mark Driscoll. In fact, he pulled me out of some dark times in 2020. Um, through his 
sermon series on Daniel. Um, but recently, so I, he, he put out a, a new uh, sermon series called Elijah, uh, the, uh, the Times of Elijah or something like that. There's, there's a new sermon series that he started last week. And um, yesterday he put out a new one, um, but it wasn't him. It was a guest speaker. And I never seen this video, and I guess he dug it up. He said it had never been public before. It was at a private, like, pastor's conference. And, um, and I think it would be really beneficial for a lot of people to see, specifically people that got kind of burned in that era, talking to you Christians right now. So a lot of people have a lot of pain because of the dispersion and um, falling apart of, uh, of Mars Hill. It was dirty. So I'll give a little context, I guess. Um, it rose quick. Mars Hill just exploded, came out of nowhere. They were like the first major, like big famous satellite campus. So it was, it was primarily in Seattle. And then they had a bunch of these different hubs all over the country. And we were one here in Albuquerque. We were one of the, one of the satellite campuses. And so they were all integrated and tied into the main one. And on Sunday, for the most part, Mark would be... Um, video cast in through the main screen. It was great for the city for a period of time, kind of called men up, young men to become men. And uh, it wasn't without flaw. It was very harsh, very tough. And uh, I think it burned a lot of people in a negative way. And I was in the wake of that to a degree. Um. But then, but then it was kind of like this falling out. It was kind of a strange situation. To I'm not exactly still fully clear on. There was a documentary, a, a, a video, uh, not a video podcast, but an audio podcast called "The Fall of Mars Hill." Or is that what it was called? I think so. The fall, of, the rise and fall of Mars Hill, and it's it's it views it back in a, in kind of an unforgiving, negative light. And um, and I don't think it's quite as simplistic as what I I listened to in that podcast. Um, Essentially what had happened is Mark, you know, he, I don't know that he necessarily did anything explicitly wrong. Like there was no single event. It was more so just like a behavioral issue. He was too abrasive. He led too, with too much of a strong hand. He was really harsh. Not denying that. I'm sure that was very true and that it was, it was um, abusive to a degree, especially to fellow pastors that were in his orbit. Um, and, and that did trickle down, and I think that's where it affected some of us little guys that weren't even in leadership because it was a part of the culture. And uh, so right around, what was it, like 2013, 2014? I don't know. It was right around that time. He got, um, I think the elders of the Acts 29 or whatever the organization was that he was a part of, affiliated with, asked him not to preach anymore, to step down for a time. And so he agreed to do that, and he agreed to submit himself to a period of whatever. And this is a long story. And then uh, he didn't end up following through with that. He, he, he said in uh, other interviews that he, um, he felt like he was released. Him, him and Grace, his wife, had, 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 had in, uh, independently but together had, had this message they felt from the Lord and that they were released and they didn't have to go through this disciplinary process, so they left the uh, orbit of the Acts 29 accountability and all this different things. It was a huge fallout. Everybody said, oh my gosh, he's, and he had a terrible reputation after this and it still is, you know, hanging over his head. 
And I, I followed this all from a not wounded perspective at the time, whereas I think a lot of the people that were viewing a lot of this at the time were in an emotional state of mind. They were, they were frustrated. They were sad. Their jobs were in jeopardy. And it was bad. It wasn't great. And it was definitely in, 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 in most part because of him. Um, so I followed him and I'd, I'd seen his heart, you know, he'd come back and as he was, had to step down, he gave a letter that he read to the church and he said that he was sorry and he cried and he showed genuine remorse and, and I felt bad for the guy, you know? Um, yeah, I think he felt that he, they would never let him preach again. And so he, he said, I, you know, I'm sorry, but I'm going to preach again type of thing. And he ended up leaving that accountability. Anyways, I think this, um, don't hold me to that, all of that perfectly. It's, I'm very loosely giving you what I remember. I love him. And I think that he's persevered through a lot of hardship. And in this video that I'm going to show you, I saw this Sunday. He posted it on his, uh, during that service, last Sunday service. And uh, it's a pastor essentially speaking life over him, prophesying over him during that time when he was going through that hardship. And I found it very encouraging. But first, I'll show you the video. I've got something I want to say before I preach to Mark Driscoll. Stand up, Mark, if you would, for just a minute. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's, first of all, it was an honor to meet you. I met you before the service for the very first time. But, um, you know, as I was sitting over there, I heard the Lord speaking something that I want to say to you, and I want to say it publicly. And that is, you led a great movement. Uh, of young people and you led them as an older brother and uh, you'll return as a father and it'll be a greater movement Mark I'm not through I'm not through you're just starting to get prophesied over buddy your scars will heal millions. And the transition that you're going through in your life right now is very important for what God's gonna do in the next season. Your latter years will be greater than your former years. Man looks on the outside, Mark, but God looks at the heart. And God sees integrity in your heart, Mark. You have a heart of integrity. And you're here because of your integrity. And you're going to make it through this process because of your integrity. And God wants you to know, and God wants these people to know, that He has a plan for you. He has a future and a hope for you. And His plan for your future is good. God bless you. I keep playing it. A grown man cry. You shouldn't. You shouldn't have shown that. You shouldn't have shown that. That's <laughs> yeah, good. I just love Pastor Mark and Grace so much. I had forgotten about that. 
when you showed it, it just brought all that back. And what wonderful people you were. And the enemy, that song that we were singing, God's never lost a battle. The enemy did everything he could to take you out. That's right. And he didn't. That's right. That's good. Love you, Mark. I never met him, but um, yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy because I love, I love what he said. He said his previous movement, he, he led as a big brother and he'll return as a father. And, uh, you know, I think that's really meaningful. And, you know, I really hope that a lot of people can come to forgive. Not just him, but that whole situation. You know, churches break up and it, like, really messes with people. It's like children and their parents get divorced. And uh, I'd actually heard Mark preach about that specific example. He's like, if, and he was torn up about it. He's like, man, it feels like we went through a divorce. And, of course, the guy's not perfect. No one is. But man, I could not imagine going through something like that and being as strong as he is. Him and his wife. They pastor Trinity Church. I think it's Trinity Trinity Chapel, Trinity Church in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona, in Phoenix. And, uh, and it's growing, it's growing, it's growing. And uh, man, the, uh, the amount of authority that guy preaches with in conviction, y'all should listen to that. Uh, I'm I'm listening to that sermon series. I can't wait till he, he preaches on the next one, Elijah, and it's talking about Ahab, the Ahab spirit, which is the beta male, and the Jezebel, which is the um. You kind of get it. <laughs> All right, so this next story is pretty fun. I got to meet a bandito. About six months ago, we went to Molly's Pub. I think it's called Molly's Pub up in um, the mountains here in New Mexico, right near, right outside of Albuquerque. <clears throat> and uh, we'd never been there. Me and my wife have always wanted to visit. She lived up there uh, growing up, and then I'd always drive past, driving to my uncle's house or driving to her house. And um, finally, we, we went, we took our kids, and we went with a bunch of group of friends and um, finally just made it a thing. And it was awesome because when we got there, there was a bunch of, um, it was a live band. I think it was like around four to four o'clock. And they, uh, they just were co- like winding down at four o'clock. I was like, what? Um, but it was probably for the best because we got to sit down, have a couple dive beers. And um, the vibe up there's just, it's a dive bar. It's, there's, it's, they serve nothing but trashy beer. It's not a nice place. Um, it's kind of like Santa's pub. If you've ever been there in Nashville, it's just really, it's, it's awesome, but it's, it's like, it's authentically divey. Well, this is, I, we learned, um, the hangout place for the banditos and, uh, I, I didn't know this. So I was, I was inside grabbing the drinks and breeze outside, listening to music, kind of finding us chair and, uh, and she and, and one of them, one of our friends comes inside. And I said, "Oh my gosh, Bree's sitting down talking to a bandito," <laughs> and I was like, "What?" And I was like, so excited. I wasn't like weirded out or anything, but it. Uh, um, so I, I take our drinks out there and go sit down. And 
she's sitting down to this guy next to this guy um near this uh i guess a table and there was a table of like four or five banditos they had their jackets they're one three percenter three percenters i think it's three percenter uh, they have all their different patches that kind of identify them the treasurer i didn't realize they have they hold different positions yeah there's like different titles in the hierarchy of the mm-hmm. of the biker club yeah and there's like there is like a respect and I, I i could observe there was a couple other people that you could tell like one guy kind of seemed like a fed honestly <laughs> he, he like his jacket was he wasn't in the banditos he was he was just another guy that wanted to be a part of a seemingly wanted to be a part of a biker gang but his his jacket was just so clean you know yeah the banditos jacket and it's it's like weathered and mm-hmm. tells a story yeah it's dirty it's you know it's got the character from years and years of writing their colors are awesome too they're yellow and red um so anyways we're, we're chatting and we got this other guy that's hanging out trying to like kind of be in his you know in his bubble in his uh sphere and you could just tell it's like this weird social dynamic where he's like trying to integrate. I'm like from the outside looking in, it's like, is this guy trying to like get them in trouble? Is he trying yeah. to like get them on something? Or is he trying to be a part of the gang or club? Um and so uh anyway, so we, we um of course we hand our, our kid over to the leader. As one does. Yeah. Our, our our son had just been born. This was in like mid July. He was born on the fourth of July, and um, we hand him over and uh, turn and we took a picture. And I would show it. I just still kind of feel a little weird because. So the story is, what's cool is I got to meet this guy last year and a group of them, and they were really nice to us. And um, it turned out he was a believer, and uh, we had a lot of similar. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a biker gang guy. I don't know anything about it. I was, I was asking stupid questions, actually. He was like, oh, you can't, you can't ask that. I was, I was making a fool no out of way. myself. Pretty much. There's, like, there's, uh, stuff that's like kind of too far out there to get yeah, to know? Or? Just like I just was a total noob, normie um, person, and I was just asking. It's like asking someone, hey, what, how much money do you make? Or like, you know, what's your, what's your house worth? Or, you know, that type of thing. I was asking questions I didn't realize were like socially they kept close um he was cool about it but i could tell i was like too curious probably sure and uh anyway so we hand our son over to him and and he's like oh i love kids you know he's like take a picture i'm i'll be his honorary uncle and so he is um bandito sniper and so bandito sniper that's his name or his uh, his, his club name yeah i might cut that out but uh Bandito Sniper, he uh, turns out last two weeks ago, came to church, came to Calvary, and he gave his life to the Lord formally. And I got a text from a friend, from Matt. He's like, Sniper came and he gave his life to the Lord, Nate prayed for him, something like that. And, um, and we're stoked. We got to meet this guy. We liked this guy a lot. He was an awesome, awesome person. And, um, and so I went to church this week on uh, the 11 o'clock. And uh, and I saw him, and I was like, "No way, it's true, he's here." That's so. And I cool. went up to say hi, like I knew him really well, and he seemed cool, you know. Like, he, um, it probably surprised him, but in my mind, I'm like, "He's a he's our honorary uncle for the kid." Um, well, turns out next week he's getting baptized, which is really really awesome. 
So we're going to be there for that. But how cool is that, that a bandito that we got to meet at a, a dive bar, I don't, know how, I don't know how it came to be. I'd love to ask him. In fact, I'd love to get him on, 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 on a show and talk and, and hear the whole story. Because I know he's probably been in some trouble throughout his life. But to hear his whole testimony, I think that'd be really cool to kind of get him in and, and uh, pick his brain. But yeah, that's my bandito story. I knew a bandito, but he's probably not even... Oh, that was part of the story is that he had to leave the banditos. So he came to church, he gave his life to the Lord, and he's like, oh yeah, pray for me. Because I'm going to leave the bank, the club. That's crazy. Yeah. I, see, I guess he was pretty torn up about it. Which, you know, makes me think I can't share this, but I'll ask him. <laughs> I'll ask it's him. It's worth asking. The story's worth telling. So yeah, I might as well tell the story and then hold it. And then if he says, oh no, it's fine, like... I'm cool with the guys. We worked it out, or I don't know how stuff works. You know, it's yeah. I mean, they're one of the prolific um, clubs next to the Hell's Angels and all them. Yeah. So, but yeah, my brother was always like, "Yeah, the Bandito." He was always a big fan, so thought it was pretty cool. I got to meet him. So the next thing here is uh, it's a crazy story. I mean, is it, he's an interesting character. He's actually a, a New Mexico legend. Is it that uh, statue of Iron Man downtown? No, but do you know that story? Yeah, that it got it got hit. Yeah, it got hit, and there's there's a little memorial on the side yeah, of the road. Yeah, made a memorial in, in its place. That's my uncle's building. No way. That's Sunwest Silver. That pink building. They have those I had no three idea. transformers or two transformers outside. Where did those transformers come from? I have no idea. They're just like art installations, but they get people to kind of come in. Yeah. You know. But yeah, so somebody like just a couple of weeks ago had run into one. There's these huge metal sculptures of like transformers. And uh, yeah, you could probably find a photo of them. There's huge things, but there was a video that my dad sent me. I guess they had the traffic cam footage and um, somebody just T-boned somebody or something and then just ran into it and it fell onto the car. And uh, yeah, sad story, but yeah, that's yeah, one of them. That right was there. one of them and then it got smash and torn yeah. down or something yeah. yeah but it's not at at the that's not where it was but yeah anyway so um so there's this guy right uh his name's little willie he's a he's a he's a local legend and uh about four or five years ago he kind of really hit his uh you know 15 minutes of fame so to speak um but nobody's really heard from him he, he, tragic accident happened and uh he uh, kind of disappeared. And a lot of people think he might be dead. I don't know. So, but he he left a lot of his stuff on 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 YouTube, and I, I was able to kind of capture it and put it on my channel. Hey man, what do you what do you think about the internet these days, man? The uh, teachers suck, but the internet stinking rules. So relatable. Um, hey man, uh, I just wanted to let all of my Twitter and Instagram followers know that we're starting a new band. So pause. Uh, so he obviously he's traveling, you know. I think so. He was just going on a road trip. Um, you know, he visited San Francisco. He was going up. I think he went to Bend, Oregon, and he was going. He just started a new band. He kind of was trying to live that life, you know, the drug, sex, rock and roll. And so, you know. 
I think he caught up to him. I, you know, I don't know what happened. He probably got involved in the wrong crowd. Let's just see a few more. But this is kind of the buildup uh, of... I just, I just think, bad. I just figured that I should get off the internet and experience life the way they ought to be uh, experienced. Uh, he made it over to the... Must uh, have had some sort of disorder, bridge, right? Like with his nose and... Uh, some kind of post-nasal de deformation, deformation yeah. situation. He bubbed... Uh, we're doing his dessert. personality uh, changes. <laughs> we're doing hot dogs and bridges, bring your beef. Uh, hey, man. Uh, I'm actually related to him. Funny enough, I forgot I, to I say that. I did see there's like this vague resemblance between the two of you. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah he's distant, but we're definitely related. I'm just getting rest over here, just getting some, some of these. <laughs> Betty, hey Betty, can, hey man, uh, can you get, can you get back at so me? This is where can you call me back? I've been trying to reach you, you said yesterday. This is where it gets in trouble. Oh, hey man. Watch hit that next uh, one. Hey man, um, it's Saturday night. So he got you know, caught up I'm with the wrong guys. That's, 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 it's a teen thief Ooh. who's with me. Hey man. Let's pause uh, it real quick. Hey, Do you, it, dude, there, if anybody who knows what triple D I double T is comment down below, please. Do you know? No, I don't know. Oh, that's a deep cut, man. That's a New Mexico deep cut. We used to have this, um, public access channel. I think it was public access. It might've been oh, like, okay. um, uh, it might've been like, what was the, whatever they played locally, but it was, uh, they used to meet over at the beach water park. That's now been condemned and disappeared. Oh, the beach. Yeah. They used to do the dance, dance, dance. It's a teen thing. And they have teens go and do like these dance parties and they televise it. And they get wasted. All these I mean, teenagers. it was the worst idea. Like, they're out there bumping and grinding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and all of the different things, you know, that teenager, teenagers do. There needs to be a sound And button, then they televise the it. Bumping and grinding. <laughs> uh, sorry, I just... That's... You know, I could tell... You could tell I, I'm related. But, uh, yeah, that's definitely a f family accent. Uh, let, let's, is this exploring? Is that... Because uh, he got caught up with the wrong group of guys. Um... Must have owed him some money. I don't know what it was, but um, yeah, he was up in Bend, Oregon, shooting a video, and then this is this is the last video. Um, hey, man. Uh, I don't know what happened, but I just woke up and it is in the desert. I woke up in the desert, sad. Um, hey, man. Uh, me and my new band are uh, we're shooting a music video for our new uh single. Look out for it. Um, hey, don't, uh, hey, man. It's really Tony up and down, Black isn't it? And like, woke up in the desert, now he's shooting a music video. Opportunistic, yeah. Getting chased uh -oh. through the forest right now. A forest wall. Oh, bad. It's bad. so beautiful out here. Bad, God's beauty is just. Man, he's doing drugs, maybe? I don't know. Um, hey, man. Must have been um, a bender. I'm just out here in the wild, uh, just exploring God's beauty. <laughs> He's high. Um, He's... Hey, Grubba, uh, Eddie, drop me off. If you see this, go pick me up. Grubba, I have a strange man chasing me. <laughs> Hurry up. Hmm. Sorry, man, I don't know if we have to edit that out in, in post because that was quite was pretty graphic. graphic yeah. yeah, we may have to... Uh... Put a little bit of censorship on that. I, uh, yeah, yeah, we, 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 you know, we had a memorial for him and everything, but, um, poor guy, he probably went on a bad, had a bad trip. And then I don't know, it's like one of those bad trips turned to reality. It was weird. It was a, quite the journey.
I gotta put that to music and figure out how to <laughs> make it more dramatic. Oh yeah, we'll definitely. Uh, yeah. If anyone knows how to get that Snapchat filter, let me know, and we'll we'll bring back little Willie. But that's that, and that's pretty much the show. Thank you for listening. Like, subscribe, give us a uh, a review or rating or whatever you do. Whatever I'm supposed to say, I just said it. Money. Give us money. Accolades, donate. fame. Yes, you can donate to uh, the, the charity of your choice and enjoy. Love you. Goodbye.